I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Anyway, Lachlan, you were talking about dueling. You know, Charlie, you brought up all these safety concerns, but you didn't mention, like, you do know that if you use that thing, you could shoot someone. Oh, fuck. Like, that's really dangerous. I I have to attend to something really urgently. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I'm going to talk about dueling and kind of, uh, I guess, a little bit more broadly, like, single combat and, and, like, the attitudes towards it in general. Because, look, I'm going to be, I'm going to level with you guys. Not all this stuff, and in fact, most of this stuff, don't tell Tully, didn't happen when guns existed. But that's fine, because... because Sorry, I'm back. Did I miss anything? No, nothing happened. Okay. Because, look, realistically, yeah, dueling mostly happened with swords, but if you've got a setting with guns in it, like an RPG with guns in it, People are gonna want to duel. Like it's, it, it is more culturally I mean, associated with guns. I feel than it is with swords. Realistically, when I think of dueling, I think of two people with foils in full protective gear, or I think of walk ten paces, turn around. And yeah, shoot. I was gonna say mm. I think of like old western movies. Mm. I'm not thinking about some cool dude with a sword. Mm. The, the the dudes with swords I'm thinking about are not cool. That's <laughs> that's fair. So, yeah, so uh, dueling was popular for a really, really long time. In fact, up until about the 1100s in England, trial by combat was the preferred mode of trial. Yes. In general. It it wasn't until they suddenly thought, fuck, maybe we could do juries instead, that they they started to ease off it around the 1300s. Don't think you can roleplay a court properly? Just inter- institute trial by combat as everything. Yeah, okay. Look, it it gets so wacky. So, trial by combat, right, is exactly what you think it is. It is someone accuses someone else of committing a crime or of doing something wrong, and the court says, I don't know about this. I'm going to make you fight each other. Winner takes all. And that was the law. God damn. Oh my God. So the way it worked was literally that if you were the victor in one of these trials, if you won the fight, then you were legally right. It didn't matter. There was no evidence. There was no assessment of facts. It was you won the duel. You were correct. The law said you were correct. In fact, there was so much faith 
placed in these systems for so long that at one point there was a king whose wife's ex-lover or claimed alleged ex-lover, I suppose, uh, with, with the way the trial shook out, accused his wife, accused the king's wife of sleeping with him and plotting to poison the king. Uh, and so the king said, fuck you, we're going to fight, appointed his champion. They went and fought. The king's champion won, and he was like, guess my wife didn't cheat on me. Cool. <laughs> that was it. That was it. It wasn't until Jeez. like two kings later that they actually they started to doubt this system. Really, that was truth. It does feel very rooted in the the very uh, in the religious. Um, God will see an answer through this. The interesting thing, actually, is pretty much every religion, especially the Holy Roman Empire, they fucking hated dueling. Everyone was like, no, don't duel. God doesn't like it when you duel. Of course, the Holy Roman Empire still let them duel until like the 1500s. But <laughs> they told you not to. They, we, said, we, said, we said you shouldn't do it. It's, it's on you now. God says no. And that's all there is to it. It's like the equivalent of when you want to go do something and your dad's like, your mum won't like it, but I'm not going to stop you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But then you stab a man. That's typically actually how that went mm. for me in my house. <laughs> uh, so, dueling was introduced to Great Britain by the Normans. Um, they brought it over and th- that was when it became like the most kind of common way for it to, um, to, to do trials. Mm. Um, which, interestingly enough, actually, trial, <laughs> trial by jury... Uh, originally didn't replace trial by combat. It just replaced like trial by ordeal, like the like the witch trial shit, where you would like p- put stones on someone or like make them carry a crucifix, stuff like that. The like if you survive, oh, yeah. you're innocent thing. Um, so there was a time where <laughs> they were still use where the primary ways of resolving things in British courts in the Middle Ages for a little while was either a trial by jury or Fight to the death. <laughs> and it's absolutely buck wild. Um, so basically the gist of these things were, and th- this is true for pretty much any single combat throughout history, uh, whether it be a trial by combat, whether it be a duel, anything like that. The way it worked was pretty much, um, and in fact the Italians really codified it. They're, they're the best example of, of um, these rules. The offended party had to, essentially, they would have to issue a formal accusation of an offence against the other person or of a crime if it was like a court-related thing, if it, if it was like a trial. Um, it would, and you would basically have to explain the injury that you'd received, um, whether it be uh, deeds or words, like an insult would count. Um, as much as like, like, like there were people would go would duel for anything as big as you assaulted my wife and she's pregnant with your child to you called me a liar yesterday. Like that was sort of that's the scope uh, of dueling. Um, I had a quick search here because I remember reading an article a while ago about uh, 
women dueling. Uh, and I just read an example where one woman dueled another uh, with swords in a park because they had tea together and one made a comment about the other's fading looks and she shot the hat off her head, stabbed her in the arm and then made her write an apology letter. So, like, that's what you get out of a duel in the 18th century, I guess. Hang on, wait. Shot the hat off her head Is and then stabbed here? her in the arm and then forced her, presumably at sword point, to d- write an dear, apology letter. Dear Lady Braddock, to great offence to being told her looks were fading. I will say, you probably didn't have to force them to write an apology. This is where dueling gets interesting. So, you issue your, you issue your accusation, right? You yep. say, this is how you offended me. They then have to issue what they called in Italy, uh, mentita, which is a essentially a formal, you lie. I did not. Which consists of, for anyone playing along at home, an injury of words against the accuser. Now we've both accused each other of an injury. What shall we do? What well, you we can't do both be right. Well, what you do in <laughs> what you do is issue a challenge. Um, and in Italy, specifically, you issue a notarized cartello or challenge, a notarized challenge. <laughs> Sorry, to just got to pop down to pop down to the Westfield to get this notarized, so I can uh, serve this guy with a dual summons. Yeah, no, seriously, it's like you know the whole like you've been served. That's what this is. You serve someone with a challenge to a duel, and that sets the formal proceedings in motion. The formal proceedings. Uh, so yeah, and, and those rules are consistent for pretty much all of duels. So generally, what would happen after you issue this formal challenge? you've got two choices. You can accept or refuse the challenge. In Britain especially, you fucking accepted that challenge because only a coward would not accept a challenge. And you have to remember that this is a time where a minor slight, a minor insult, something that could even be, something that could probably be attributed to a slip of the tongue in a modern conversation was... Such a grave insult on your honour. Honour being the be-all and end-all of, of, of British society in the era of knights. I suppose that's one of the reasons why like, teaching your children good manners was important. Because it's like one day this kid's going to grow up and accidentally call someone fat and then they're going to die. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. We it's, should bring duelling back. It's, it's, Teach our kids some manners. Kids these days don't understand that you have to be polite in public, otherwise you'll get shot at. Mm. Well, for most of the history of dueling, they, especially in Britain, that we're dealing with like the knightly class. So they have this like very strict chivalric kind of ideals, um, which was both a combination of like proving yourself through combat, redeeming yourself through combat was it was like that was like the central tenant and then the other big pillar of that is that your honor is your standing in society and honor was really objective for most of most of its kind of 
history, at least its history of like massively influencing uh, Western culture. Um, it wasn't like an individualized set of values. It didn't matter what you thought. It just mattered what was honorable. So everyone's forced to, comp- to comply with this like weird social standard. And if they don't, then everyone around them is forced by that same social standard to threaten to kill them. It's absolutely baffling. Yeah. So after you issue this challenge, typically what happens uh, is there is some period of like cool down. It's some like waiting periods. Uh, Sometimes it would be as short as we'll duel the next day, just let people like sober up and think it through. Sometimes they would give them months to prepare uh, to like get their weapons together and stuff. It really kind of depended on the people as well. Like if you were dueling the aristocracy, for instance, uh, just like an honor battle, then you would probably have the shit for it and you could do it soon. But if you had like a civil dispute and you're doing trial by combat and it's like a couple of like poor people who know each other, then you probably had to give them a couple of months to go get swords. Those motherfuckers don't have swords. Honestly, if you as a GM, as a DM listening to this, are not planning on implementing a duel or some sort of like challenge to a duel at least in your games, I'm, I'm severely disappointed in you. Oh my God. Well, just you fucking wait. Just you fucking wait to what, for what I have for you after the break, Tully. Oh man. Just you wait. I have the perfect duel to put into your game. Just a little bit, just a little bit of a teaser. Oh boy, Tully, is it juicy. Tully, Tully, can we please duel in <laughs> the D&D? Can, can we duel please? Oh, oh, you bet you're gonna. Yes. Fuck yes. You bet you're gonna. Uh, I, yes. I, I have not put together an Old West aesthetic to not use a duel. I was going to say, <laughs> I'm so keen. Um, so the interesting thing about, about trial by combat as well is, so trial by ordeal, the, the kind of like, if, if you survive your innocent kind of trial, mm. is pretty common to most human societies, most cultures. Trial by combat really just came from Germanic people. It was like a small group of people in Europe came up with this idea that they would kill each other whenever anyone affected anyone. <laughs> and it just spread all over Europe. It just, and it became like the central tenant of criminal law, of, of civil law even, for a lot, of, a lot of the time. Fucking Europe. Fucking Europe, seriously. So um, what they would do... I bet it was the fucking Dark Ages, wasn't it? No, this is Tully. I'm gonna okay. I'll skip ahead just because this is you can like this. What year do you guys think dueling, like full on, full on dueling, was last outlawed in this planet on this Earth of ours? Mm. Trick question. I reckon there's still a country where it's legal. No, it's not that much of a. Okay. It's not that much of a of a horrifying. I mean, people definitely still do it, but. Nineteen hundred. Nineteen sixty nine. Nice. So much shit happened in nineteen sixty nine. Tully was by far the closest. <gasps> Uruguay, formally, finally outlawed legal, fully legal dueling. In the year of our Lord, 1971. (laughs) Holy shit. You want to know the fucking best part? 
Let me guess. Trial by combat decided this case. No. They'd outlawed it until 1920 when they made it legal again for 51 years. <laughs> they were like, man, I miss the good old days. Honestly, yeah. I want to believe that this was like a piece of legislation that was drafted with a sunset clause and then the sunset clause came and nobody bothered to reinstate the ban on dueling. Oh, it, no. They just... They just brought it they back. They just full on brought it back. And they were like, this is a great idea. Because you want to know what they did? The secret was this time you had to have a panel of uh, essentially like an honor court who would decide if the offense on your honor was grave enough. You, you would warrant. pick one person. You would pick one person. The other person would pick one person. And those two people that they picked would pick a third person. And then those three people would tell you if the thing you were arguing about was serious enough that you're allowed to duel. And if they said yes, just fucking shoot each other, man. What are you doing? Go nuts. Good shit. 1971. I'm really glad that was before the internet. Could you imagine if you like got into a fight God. with someone on Facebook and three of their friends came up oh to you and they were like, God. "Get your jury or we fight." Yeah. The, so the to get back to like the process. So once you had this waiting period was finished, you would like set a place. Uh, typically, what would happen is the accused, the person who is defending themselves, would decide the weapons, unless the person that was accusing them was like the king. Or, in some cases, the Prime Minister of England. In two cases, the sitting Prime Minister of England dueled people. Two of them. The Duke of Wellington and some other dude. Uh, both dueled people while sitting as Prime Ministers. One of them was a political rival. It was like the head of the opposition. Um, and had said to Duke Wellington, said to the Duke of Wellington that, like... Oh, it was so fucking stupid, too. Uh, One moment. Sorry, let me find this. It's just, like, absolutely bizarre. Honestly, I'm just imagining um, buddy Jeremy Corbyn and (laughs) Boris Johnson (laughs) dueling. I just... Oh, that'd be so good. Um, I still have this page up of, like, weird women duels. There's one here where two neighbours were really mad at each other and so they went and dueled and they didn't really have anyone else that they trusted to be their seconds. So they brought their daughter's governesses. But because they got their daughter's governesses to be their seconds, they also had to bring their daughters along. So it was just like, hi, I'm 14 years old and I'm watching my mother stab my neighbour. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Choose your weapons. Um, well, I don't have a sword or a gun so I've got some knives in the kitchen. Yeah, apparently, apparently they literally just like went and took their husband's sabers and they were like, we'll be back. <laughs> Man. Hi, honey. Glad to see you're home. Can I borrow this, please? Don't ask why. I'll be back in half an hour. Or, or will not. I? Oh, my God. Okay, I found it. I found it. So it was, <laughs> it was during Parliament, the Earl of Winches- Winchelsea accused the, again, then Prime Minister, the current Prime Minister of England, and he said to him that his, uh, the law he wanted to, his, like, plan, his political plan, was a, quote, insidious design for the infringement of our liberties and the introduction of popery into every department of the state. <laughs> the Wikipedia... Can I duel Peter Dutton? Oh. <gasps> 
The Wikipedia, yes. well, the, uh, yes, first of all, of course. The Wikipedia article's next line, immediately following, though, says, Wellington responded by immediately challenging Winchelsley to a duel. <laughs> he literally didn't say anything else. Someone he was... His job was to talk to and argue with, said one criticism of his policy, and he said, motherfucker, I'm going to shoot you. And he did. (gasps) He won? Well, no, he shot to the right. Some he always said that he did it on purpose because he didn't want to actually shoot him. But everyone else is just like, mm, yeah, he, he was missed. really bad at aiming. Actually, <laughs> that's like me when I play video games and I'm like, I missed on purpose. Yeah, he, he was like famously a, a bad shot, so it was definitely accidental. Oops. What was his name? The uh, it was the first Duke of Wellington. I don't. Well, know. that wasn't it. I was. I was going. I was make... like. I was. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, don't know what his actual name is. Don't worry. I was just gonna gonna name the. Duke warning shot of, of Wellington. <laughs> it's just nickname is warning shot. <laughs> um, so yeah, like a dueling was dueling was popular with everyone. Is is really what really what it comes down to? Like it was it wasn't until like the thirteen till thirteen hundred that trial by jury finally started was finally preferred in England over trial by combat. And in fact, that is really late. Yeah, well, <laughs> one of the uh, one of the last mass trials by combat that happened in Scotland after this after this mass thing. trial by combat. <laughs> yeah, dude, <laughs> fucking hell! It's called the Battle of the Clans, um, and it was a dispute over. Uh, <laughs> Hang on, so it did just dis- one person need to die, or did no all of them? Holy need to shit, die? dude! So many people. It was a dispute. Oh, it was a dispute between two allied clans who were going to go to war together against someone else, mm-hmm. and they were arguing over who got to be on the flank. And so they decided to settle it through a trial trial by by combat between members of both clans. Sixty people fought. 12 survived. But of those 60 that fought, what percentage of the clans were that? Oh, I mean, I'm sure they definitely still had some people. Yeah, but to just knock out 48 people from your army. 48 people from the same army, functionally. Yeah. They were fighting together. (laughs) And they killed... 48 of them. It's insane. I just... I, oh. Yeah, no, I can't even imagine standing there and being like... And seeing all of the people dead around me and still fighting. It's absolutely bizarre. Um, The interesting thing is, though, that these traditions evolved from the kind of code of chivalry back with the knights. And the... That was a completely different attitude. I mean, single combat between knights, even out on a battlefield, you would have to... The code of honour would essentially encourage you to fight one-on-one, and instead of killing your opponent, you were supposed to ransom them. Ransom them once you beat them. You would just take them prisoner. And then it... But then it was adopted by the state as, like, a 
form of trial, and this is what fucking happened. It's absolutely insane. The the attitudes towards it are so bizarre and disparate. Like, in the Middle Ages, if you didn't show up to a fight, if they stood there for long enough, like, calling for you and essentially just insulting you into the wind until you came up, they would just, like, yell insults on your honour <laughs> until you showed up. And if you didn't show up then not only were you a coward, you were so much of a coward that you were deemed an outlaw, which, for those who are not aware of the extent of outlaw status, meant you were literally outside of the law, inside of all of its protections, meaning you can be killed by whoever wants to, and they didn't commit a crime. You can be killed and persecuted at will by anyone, That's what happened if you didn't show up to a duel. They uh, eventually developed, as these rules became, like, harsher and harsher, um, they became this... They they built up this practice of intentionally misfiring, which was that thing that the the Duke of Wellington claimed to be doing, which is where... um, And it was obviously quite difficult when you're using swords, but when you're using guns, basically they would just kind of point them ever so slightly to the side if they wanted to be subtle about it. Or if they're trying to be dramatic, fire it into the air. Yeah, so that's difficult though because most code, most dueling codes actually forbade that entirely. Oh. That was cowardice. That was unsporting. That was terrible. You weren't supposed to intentionally miss someone. And in fact intentionally missing someone could be deemed a further insult because you're telling them they are not worthy of shooting. That's how wacky this shit gets. And the other thing is, uh, the one way, the one way that you could successfully argue, other than being like old or a minor or whatever, there were a bunch of people, a bunch of like, uh, I, th- I think um, married women as well, uh, the infirm, people like that were all able to deny a duel. Oh, also people who lived in London could deny a duel. Well, they live in London, so they're better than whoever's trying to duel them, you know. Well, this is going <laughs> to... It's actually... This is going to sound like a joke. Because of the Magna Carta. That's in the Magna Carta. <laughs> the people from London can say no to duels. <laughs> I really what? enjoy that. Yeah. People in London could just say no. I really like the idea that married women are like protected from dueling, and like someone challenges you to a duel, and you're like, "I have to be married by tomorrow." <laughs> um, I have to move to London. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, dueling was yeah, dueling was dueling was weird. There were so many like conflicting attitudes towards it. I mean, w- one big dueling practice among knights was to say was to set up a dueling challenge where you'd be like, I'm going to be at this road on this day at this time to this time. And anyone who wants to anyone who wants to go down this road has to fight me first. And it was just like a public challenge for for competitors. And what they would do was they would set up like this like beautiful like tent. They would bring like all the weapons that you would need. And in fact, they would often bring like a variety of weapons so that the challengers could pick. They would have like lavish refreshments. It was like a whole day of it. And then you look at some other places where they do dueling. And like, for instance, in um, in ancient India, they had uh, they had dueling as well, where you weren't supposed to kill the other person; you would just incapacitate them. Because 
afterwards, the winner beheaded the loser, you see. So you just didn't have to kill them. And that was a legal requirement. You had to behead them. (laughs) If you won the duel, you just had to behead them. And so, like, these are the sorts of attitudes that are coming around about dueling. You know, kind of around the Enlightenment where everyone went away from, like, violence. This, like, culture of violence, this culture of, like, honour and chivalry kind of began to die down. Um, But really, it isn't until, like, the mid to late 19th century that dueling really disappeared. In some places, the 20th century... A lot of countries actually only managed to get rid of it because they cracked down on it because of World War One. So many of their military officers were getting killed in duels. <laughs> yeah, they had a whole complex system in Russia actually to to safeguard against like you abusing your rank where you couldn't initiate a duel with someone of a lower rank than you. So you had to get like your soldiers if you if you had an argument with like an with like a foot soldier as like a major, you would have to get your foot soldiers to duel them for you. (laughs) It's just, it's so bizarre. And the more you look into it, the more you find these like weird fucking things. These like really strange, uh, different variations of it. Like uh, for instance, academics turned away from dueling with pistols and started turning towards fencing. And now there's this like, grand German tradition of academic fencing to resolve arguments and stuff where you just fence like a fencing tournament. And that's like the thing. Um, and my favorite one before we go, before we go on a break, because I feel like I've more or less covered everything in a really scattershot way. I really I hope so. We're fun. at an hour and 45. The last thing oh. before we go on break is just to really bring home the fact that everyone loved to duel. Some people, some people can't afford weapons, you see. Some people can't afford pistols, especially in the United States when pistol dueling had become, oh, yeah, Tully, okay. So for those listening at home, Tully just did a really clear boxing pose. And yes. And then pointed to my guns. But yes, eventually, boxing, yes. (laughs) Is that where boxing comes from? But first, but first. They had the poor people who couldn't afford weapons had a practice that they liked, that they at first called, I think, um, but, oh, they, that they originally called boxing. Back before, like, boxing was pugilism. But it was first known as Fistals at Dawn. Oh. <laughs> I, like, okay. I know... I know... Oh, God, it's going to be dangerously close to that. So it was originally called boxing. No, it's so much worse, Tully. They called it at the end because they really wanted to... They really wanted a name that would really evoke what this fighting style was. And so they settled on the obvious. Gouging. Now, gouging is a form of dueling that was practiced among the lower class, especially in the south of the United States, and it is exactly what it sounds like. The goal is maximum dismemberment. The, the like, piece de resistance, the absolute winning move in a duel in one of these fights was literally to gouge their eye out. That's how you knew you won. You would bite off fingers and ears. You would scratch and gouge at orifices. It was a nightmare. In fact, 
it was so popular that they had to specifically outlaw gouging and then later amend the law to clarify we also mean plucking out eyes, guys. They're the same thing. Because people were trying to argue that those were different because they really wanted to gouge each other's eyes out. Oh, my God. Uh, that was the Virginia Assembly. Uh, an act, their act begins by remarking that, quote, many mischievous and ill-disposed persons have of late in a malicious and barbarous manner maimed, wounded, and defaced many of his majesty's subjects. So they had to... That was the law where they made it illegal to bite or cut off a nose. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, man. Oh, my God. One more thing. One more thing. Tiny, tiny note. There was a type of fighting that at one point was, I think it was in South America. I don't remember which country it was, but there was a type of fighting where they fought with like <laughs> fucking like, where they fought with knives. And the way you would win is you slash at someone's face until there's so much blood they can't see. And then they're done. <laughs> wow. And just just for those that have been paying attention, when I come back from the break, I'll still yet have my weirdest type of duel. And we're back. So, both of you should have an image in front of you. Can you please, for, and this will be in the show notes uh, for everyone, and I promise you, you want to look at this picture. Can you two please just describe, for those who cannot or will not look at it, Um, what you are seeing? It looks like two people in a ring, and inside the ring there's a hole, and they're standing inside the hole, and they're like grappling i suppose one of them has a weapon i and think it's either a club or a mace yeah and they both it's a club it's a wooden club okay they look like they're wearing matching or a wooden mace actually sorry yuck uh looks like they're both wearing like matching little uh body suits i guess they look like little dueling jumpsuits perhaps yeah um but I can see the injuries, but like one person is standing in the pit, holding the other person upside down also in the pit while raising a club to them. Yeah, it looks like a bad time for whoever's upside down <laughs> yeah. in the pit. And when I say pit, I mean like this looks like it's ju- it's just S- big enough for the two of them to stand in. Yeah, waist deep, or maybe like belly button height, and yeah, just just wide enough for two people. So what you were looking at... Mm. I'm dreading this. (laughs) Fuck. What you were looking at is an illustration of what was known as marital dueling. (laughs) (laughs) So... A marital duel is a special kind of single combat. A special kind of... Um, oh, I've heard of this. I know what it is of now. Of trial by yeah. combat where there was a civil dispute. And I'm, I'm just going to get into how this works because it's fucking buck wild. And if you are a DM and you don't put this in your game, then you're a fool. 
and a coward. What would happen was if there was an argument between a husband and his wife in oh, a lot of German a lot of German places throughout the Middle Ages up until I mean possibly as late some of these drawings came about in the 16th century. So it's like at the but at the very least this was happening up until 1200 and was popular that is enough still too late yeah and was popular enough that these 15th 16th century kind of like manuals that would talk about it had enough detail that they could still write full like codes of etiquette for marital dueling in the 15th century that's how many accounts there are of this shit i i mean i really appreciate there being a rule book when i have an argument with my husband and we want to beat the shit out of each other it's just it's fucking okay so, here's what happens. Here's what happens. So, you have a dispute between a husband and wife, right? Mm-hmm. And they just can't resolve it. The court doesn't know what to do because, I mean, realistically, the court at this point doesn't deal with private affairs between married couples. Married women have almost no rights. Even far, like, less rights than even single women did, um, which is fucking saying something. So, like, this is... The court's not going to do anything for you, mm. except put you in the fucking pit. Now, it's important to note that obviously, obviously, there is going to be a difference in fighting ability between somewhat, between a woman who is forced by her society to live exclusively in her home and do relati- almost no like physical activity beyond like the cardio of housework and her husband who plows the fields. Mm. The court was like, maybe we don't want to just let them fight. So they were like, okay, we'll implement a reasonable and common sense handicap. We won't consider the fact that maybe it's bizarre that we have to do this or it's bizarre that we're doing this anyway and we're trying this hard. No, what we need to do is initiate a handicap. And that handicap involved digging a hole in the ground in the middle of the ring. You would then bury the man up to his waist. He would then be forced to tie his offhand to his torso, unable to move it. Picture duelists with pistols with an arm behind their back. Like, that's, yep. that's what we're dealing with. Yep. And she could just run around. So what they would do is they would put them in, like like you guys were saying, these like skin-tight bodysuits, like literally like medieval cat suits. Um, she would sometimes wear like something more, or more akin to a dress, but they were still like fastened between her legs. So it was still more or less like a loose-fitting bodysuit. Um, and that's what he would be put in as well. Um, it would cover literally their entire bodies, except sometimes they wouldn't wear shirts. Apparently, that's fine. Um, I will say I'm going to get into the, I'm going to get into like the specifics of how this worked as the for the most part. But there are depictions of marital duels where they just put them in a ring, half naked, with a, each with a sword, and let them sort it out. Hey, this is wild. But if I was having an argument with my husband and they said we're going to bury him up to his waist and tie one hand to his uh, to his body. I wouldn't bother to fight him. I'd just leave him in the hole. Like, why Why fuck? But that would make you a coward. Okay. Um, I don't have rights. Because, well, 
But then anyone can kill you without they having to They can do that already. Oh, um, it would be a little worse than that. Oops. Oops. So, <laughs> yeah. So it, it is important to know that sometimes they would just kill each other with knives. And that's just how it went. But for the most part. <laughs> that's a marriage. What you would do. Body, body tight suits. He's got an arm tied up. He's buried up to his waist. She has either a long sleeve or a veil in which she puts a very big stone. She now has a big sling with a big rock in it. Her job is to kill him with the big rock. His job is to kill her with his wooden mace. If oh yeah, I can see in this picture the uh, the big rock in a sack. Yeah. If he touches the side of the hole with his hand, he gets one of his three wooden maces taken away. I'm pretty sure they, if you fucked up enough, they would just take all the maces and leave you in the pit. At that point, you're pretty fucked. If she hits him while his hands on the side, they take one of her rocks away. <laughs> So the way you you had to comply with the rules was we're going to keep taking your weapons away to let your spouse murder you if you don't listen. And then what would happen was after the duel, after one of them wins, the other, if the, if the husband loses, he is immediately executed. And if the wife loses, they just throw her in the pit. They just bury her alive. That's so much worse. It's so fucked up. It's absolutely incredible. And it's so bizarre because this happened so much that they had like codified tactics. They were like, strategies for your marital duel. <laughs> for instance, for instance, the most common strategy for the for the wife would obviously be to get him in the head with the rock. You get the momentum, you daze him and then you start whacking him with the rock. Yeah. His best tactic would be to hold up his wooden club and try to get the sling to wrap it around it. Then oh. he would pull her down and beat her with his into the pit, head first, like we I'm, can see in I'm this really picture. I'm really excited to learn about these marital duel speed run tactics. I'll need well, it in the future. If you want an even better strat, a smart husband mm-hmm. will actually. This is implying that the smart husbands are still the ones getting into duels. A smart husband will actually, and this is what you're seeing in the in the picture that I sent you guys, where um the where someone is in the pit upside down. The smart husband will keep his mace uh, will keep his mace out of it and will just use his arm, get it to wrap around his arm, and then pull as hard as he can and pull her down face first into the pit with him, where he can subsequently loosen the veil or the sleeve from his arm and beat his wife to death with his mace. Was a pro oh strat. Fuck. Alternatively, alternatively, she could capitalize on his attempts to grab it and swing it around the side instead. Get under his arm, wrap it around his neck, yeah. strangle him to death in the pit. <laughs> wow. Honestly, 
it's it's wild thinking about strategies to murder your spouse in just a, a pit in the ground. I'm also pretty sure. I'm like 90% sure that if you pull them out of the pit... Yeah, because all of the images, they're trying to pull them out of the pit. I'm pretty sure you lose if you get pulled out of the pit. So there is, a, there is an image here of a duel. It starts with the, with the opening position, and he's got his arms strapped and his, his, his mace in the air, and she's like swinging her veil. She swings it down, gets wrapped around his arm. He goes to pull her in. Uh, she manages to get it around his throat, and then what she does is she uses that to pull him up. She then reaches down, grabs him by the groin and the throat, yanks him out of the pit where he is summarily executed. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's fucking insane. <laughs> I really I really love the idea of being back then. You oh. fall in love with someone and you marry them and you're like, look, if we ever have any disagreements, we settle it in the fucking pit. Okay. And just just to sum it up, just a final final image in the in the in the description. I just want to show you all I just want to show you all this this beautiful depiction from that same series of images, um, which I believe was a Duke's man-at-arms, like commander of his like personal martial forces, uh, drew this in like the 15th century in one of those like later manuals about it. This is just like a scene of of of, of a marital duel. Uh, it's yucky. Yeah, and that's just what it was. I mean, it's like obviously oh. like a little hand-drawn oh. image that some guy's That's done, so it's not grisly. like yeah, glory. But you can, she's got a veil around his throat, and he has his mace in her face. Um, and it neither looks, one is winning at this. No, point. No, this it, looks bad and unenjoyable for everyone involved. Well, the and the important thing I think that this image illustrates is yes, his arm is tied, but his arm is not forbidden. If she gets close enough to the pit, he can just grab her leg, pull her to the ground, as he is doing in this image, obviously with the veil wrapped around his throat, strangling him, grab her foot, pull her down to the ground, and just hit her with a mace. And that was how you resolved a household dispute with your spouse. I swear to God, if you keep leaving the cupboards open, I will take you to the pit. Yeah, like, I'm not even kidding. If this isn't talking about, like, when a husband assaults his wife or when a wife schemes to poison her husband or when one of them kills their child in a fit of anger, this is a civil dispute between a married couple. Anyway, so how do we do this in a D&D? Well, you do it exactly like that. You get them to wear skin-tight yeah. bodysuits. Uh, you give her a veil with uh, ten large large rocks. Uh, you give him three wooden maces. Put him in the pit and just let him fucking go. That's love, baby. I think that's romantic.
Hi, I'm Morgan Phillips and I'm a human. And I'm Isabella Vallette and I'm also a human. But I was raised by fairies. And now I'm taking my human friend Morgan in to meet all of the mythological creatures that I know. Every Sunday we meet a new mythological creature and interview them about their life in a modern day context. Such as... The Night King from Game of Thrones. Funicular, the friendly vampire brother of Dracula. We've met the Loch Ness Monster. Santa. The Volpertinger. The Devil. And a Mermaid. And many more. We release all our interviews as a podcast called Off of the Fairies, where we interview a new mythological creature every week living in a modern day world. Come join us. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.